For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. It's Katie Kiley. This is episode 22 of Two Girls Talking, and this time we're talking with Mickey Hart of The Grateful Dead. Melissa Ruggieri is with me, of course, music critic from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, who also does the music scene blog on AJC.com, and I'm the afternoon drive personality on 97.1 The River, Atlanta's classic hits. And Melissa, this was a fun opportunity <laughs> to talk to one of the members of The Grateful Dead about his artwork, first of all. It was exactly how we thought that interview was going to go, because he's a <laughs> Talker. The first part of it, that's for sure. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And, you know, Mickey Hart is definitely on his own plane when it comes to the way he thinks and, and the things that the type of artwork he does, the type of music that he creates. He's just a very spiritual type of guy, and that's what guides him. And we just asked him really one I think you asked him one question in the beginning. And he went off for about six minutes. <laughs> about six minutes was that answer. But it was but very it was interesting yes. and very different, right? And you asked some really great questions about something that you had seen him doing on video. And so, you get a really good grasp without even seeing it yet of what his artwork looks like. Exactly. And online, if you go to his website or actually through the Wentworth Gallery connection uh, link, there are some videos that he has a GoPro on while he's creating this art. And, you know, he talked to us a little bit about how he created this special rainbow. thing. Rainbow. Of course, he had a name. Her name, it. Is, Her name rainbow, is Rainbow. And I'm like going, oh, is she from the 60s or what? <laughs> but but it is it is really cool to watch him basically pouring paint on the canvas and then tilting it and seeing it run like lava sort of all over the canvas. And, and one thing I wanted to ask him about, and he does this in the video, is that he said before he paints, before his painting sessions, he bangs the gong in front of his studio to feel the vibration from the gong reverberating and that vibration gets into him and then that's what propels him to create. I wanted to ask him if he bangs the gong before he goes on stage too. Because, Isn't that wonderful? Because really, I mean, he he is such an interesting guy though. Yeah. And, and the reason we, we talked to him today is that he is on a little tour with his artwork. He's coming here to Atlanta on March 24th over at Wentworth Gallery at Phipps Plaza. And we actually went to Rick Ocasek there, yeah. and then Rick Allen has been there, Paul Stanley's been there. So it's it's a kind of a cool thing that they've got going with these with these rock stars who like to do painting on the side. Yes. And, and they're you get, good at it's it. It's an opportunity if it ever comes to your town. It's an opportunity for you to meet the artist. And it, if you buy a piece, you can even talk to them about the piece that they painted that you get to have in your home. It's a really cool experience. It is. And I'm guessing that Mickey Hart will talk to anyone who wants to buy a piece even more so than Rick Ocasek did to you. <laughs> I, mean, I think he, he seems like the type of guy who, if you are in that building that day, he will shake your hand and he will tell you all about his Well, that's the cool thing. You're going to hear how really lovely he is and how easy and fun it was to talk to him. A couple of things when we got off the subject of art, he really had fun talking about the Olympics in Atlanta, which we're not going to tell the story, but and you hit him with something about Las Vegas, which is awesome. I'm so glad you asked him about the Olympics, though, because I actually didn't know that because I wasn't living here at the time. It wasn't something that I was really paying attention to, you know, and he had such great things to say about that. We'll hear him talk about and then Vegas (laughs) at the Mirage. Yes, I just thought that was great yeah yeah so I mean, he had fun he actually yeah. you know i'm sure he gets asked a lot of things over and over again but he 
he hadn't obviously thought about either one of those things in a while, and so he was very verbal about it. Well, and I also like it was cool to hear what he had to say about John Mayer being part of Dead and yes. Company because you know they're going back out on tour. They've they're coming back to Atlanta June 29th at Lakewood. They were here twice last year. I think twice a year before they sell out every time. I know it. It's incredible. It really is. People love them, but. But I really thought it was very gracious of him, the the kind words he had for John Mayer that seemed very genuine and just how well John has fed into the band and how much John respects the the history of the dead, but also what a great guitarist he is that he's able to pick up those dead songs because, as Mickey said, these aren't easy songs. And when you're someone like John Mayer who has a lot of radio hits and you're used to that contained three and a half minutes of playing the solo or whatever— being on stage with the dead and improvising is a whole different thing. And the fact that he's been able to do that now for a few years, and, and as he said, he keeps getting better and better every every show that he it's does. Really, a cool he learns thing. more, which which is very cool. I mean, just to see the generational connection there too. That yep. that John is sort of carrying on, just like Bruce Hornsby did, you know, twenty years ago. Well, I when thought he was, the dead, you know, if, if it weren't for people like John Mayer that love and respect them like that, the dead wouldn't still probably be touring. Exactly. And so that's what makes it really great all the way around. Because yep. you can tell that Mickey loves to tour. Yes. So he's an artist. He's written books. He's a a musician. Of course, you know him as that. And we had so much fun talking to him about all of the above. So let's just let it roll. We're just going to let the whole interview roll for you. Even if you're not a Grateful Dead fan, you're going to get a kick out of hearing Mickey Hart. He's a really different person. Just an interesting guy. (laughs) Hi, Mickey. I'm Katie Kiley with the radio portion. And Melissa Ruggieri's here from the AJC. And we're delighted to talk to you. So excited. Hey, Mickey. Uh, Hi there. Thank you. <laughs> I've got to tell you something. Going back to 1981, you were my first rock and roll interview ever. The first year I started in radio. <laughs> was, it, was it as good for you as it was for me? It sure was. It kept me going for 30-something years. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I was at a little radio station in an avocado field in Santa Paula, California oh, at the time. Yeah, that's so, wonderful. Yeah, so oh. you you and I go way back. And Melissa, <laughs> I'm sure you've had experiences with Mickey, too. Actually, no. I, I've talked to other members of the band over the years, and it's funny because I'm actually a sort of drummer. So <laughs> to be able to talk to you is really cool. Are you a drummer? I am. I am, yeah. What would you play drum set or hand drums? Drum set, drum set, yeah, yeah. And and seeing you in concert and seeing those those solos that you guys go off on are just incredible to watch. I mean, what you do is just so different than any other drummer out there. Yeah, yeah, right. We sure do. It's, you you said a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. There's no sense. There's no sense of repeating, is there? <laughs> there's right. You don't even need to tell your story. She just got you no, covered. It's good, it's good to it's good to be unique, and it's good to be singular. Just like the paintings that we're about to talk about. If you want to talk about rhythm, this what these are all about. These works. They're all about rhythm, as you probably can already. Uh, you could assume that, but. They flow, they have beautiful forms that are like rivers, like mountains, like animals, like almost anything that your mind pretty much can conjure. Because no two people will see these paintings the same, I assure you. <laughs> so they're all, there's lots of hidden detail, very like opiated art, very much like that. Hmm. You know, the edges are absolutely, you know, very exact, and the detail you'll find very similar to that. It, it's certainly an extension of what you witnessed whenever you go to see uh, a Grateful Dead or a Dead Co. concert. It's a sonic painting. This is the visual component to that because these are pieces of me. These are my dreams. These are my work. This is my groove. 
This is my rhythm. Uh, this is synesthetic to the music. This is the way the music looks. Uh, the way I feel rhythm, it's continuous motion, and it's very much like the water, like an ocean. You never, re sometimes you can't really tell the rhythm exactly, but it just keeps washing over itself. It's continuous, and it moves, and it's out of control. A lot of this, <laughs> some, some of this is out of control, and I do that on purpose. And then, after the process, I vibrate it into existence. So I use vibrations to bring out all of the detail and all of the colors that you see in the art. So it's born in vibrations after I pour. It's a pouring medium. Ah, mm -hmm. that explains. Whether it be acrylic or oil or gouache, it's poured, not brushed. That explains the vibration. The vibrational expressionism, right? That's what you call it. That's, that's, what, that's what somebody called it. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it works. It works for me. I, like, I kind of <laughs> like it. Well, I watched the GoPro video that, that you have, which gives a pretty good idea of oh, what you're yeah. talking about. With uh, I mean, like, where, but where did you get the idea to drop the paint from above and have those swivel mounts to be able to move the canvas around and just that whole process? Well, I had to devise a tool to be able to do that. So it's, her name is Rainbow, and Rainbow <laughs> has the ability to turn up and lean into directions and spin and, and also lie in a very flat and come back always to a flat zero gravity. <laughs> so once I designed Rainbow, then it was just a matter of mixing paints and being able to bring the right technique to whether it's a canvas or wood or a plexiglass or whatever the surface is. So... A lot of it is, is it's a physiological thing for me because these paintings are physical. That's the best way to put it. It's a physical thing because I'm moving fast and I'm making decisions rapidly and it's, it's fun and it's full of wonder and surprise for me and for the people who view it. It's a wonderful counterpart to my sonic world. And it seems to work for me. I do it a lot at night. I paint at night. And I do it on weekends or anytime I feel pretty much. I have a painting studio, so it's not mm -hmm. far from my audio studio where I work during the day. I go back and forth, actually. It's good to break from drumming, and it's good break from painting to go back to the uh, the sound. Did you formally study painting at all? No. That's what, that's, <laughs> I had a feeling once we got into this that you didn't, but. It, no, I don't know about painting. Then tell me, how, how did this start? When did this start? Well, geez, you know, it's a good question. A long, long time ago. Maybe it was 15 years ago. And uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. It was um, the Dance of Death series by Holbein. He was a woodcutter, carver. I think it was 16th century. He drew these series called The Dance of Death. And in it, he had these beautiful skeletons. And that inspired me because of Grateful Dead, skeletons, so oh, forth yeah. and so on. It would be natural. I should paint, you know, skeletal figures with flesh and with bones, both. Half in the world of the dead and half in the living. And so that was my first attempt. I was inspired by that, by Holbein. Wow. And then I started to get into gouache. Gouache does not reflect light. And so that's where I came on kind of those cycle pumps. Like we call them cycle pumps, which are guides of the soul to the other side. Cycle pumps. And so skeletal drawings are cycle pumps, guides to, a, to another dimension. Oh, wow. Whether it be whatever it is, we crossing over. A cycle pump could be a doctor. 
A psychopomp could be someone that does you a great boon and takes you to another place. Yeah. So that's what the skeletons are all about. And then there's also this other pouring medium, this freestyle. So those are my two, that's where I like to wind up. And, you know, it's it's definitely a, a learning process because I'm going into the unknown. And I like to do that with my drumming. And it's fun. I love the edge. This is an edge thing. It's not for everybody because there's a lot of failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fails, fails. But... When you hit it, you know it, and it feels good. And um, I felt secure enough to be able to bring it out for people. It was not meant to be sold or anything. It was my, my personal hobby, actually. When I first started, it was just to bring me personal joy. Now it's in, in galleries around the country. I know. And when, at what point did that happen? How did that happen? You got me. I can't. <laughs> Mickey. <laughs> Although you are a busy guy, I guess I can forgive you for getting something. <laughs> The owner of uh, Wentworth, Wentworth Galleries. Yeah. Yeah, Christian O'Malley. And he came in and asked if he could exhibit the... Um, I don't know how he got turned on to it, but that's what happened. He asked me to show it, and I thought, that was beautiful. So I, I don't think he knows about my music much. Oh, really? <laughs> he's not into that world. He's not. I you're right. He's you're right. He's an artist. But, but music and art go so hand in hand, right? Sometimes. Sometimes not. You know, in my case, it's synesthetic, of course, because my music flows like my paintings. But not every gallery owner or art lover really sees the connection between the visual movement and sonic movement. Uh, Now, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Have a lot of people purchased your art? Are there a lot of people with this in their homes now over the years? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And I can tell you get a big kick out of that. Yes, 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 yes. And a lot of art. People really love it, so that's the only reason I'm going. I do this because people they get joy from this. It's a good way exactly to right. bring that into someone's life. That's what I'm giving. Every time they look at it, they get the feeling, hopefully, that I put into it. Don't know, but there's a lot of people who like it. I like it. I look at it, from, <laughs> you know, and I, I've never seen them all together except photographs. Right, but. They're quite a fleet. They're a gallery. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're like little babies, you know, just like you would think, little pieces of you. And And it does does bring joy to the beholders, you know. That's the thing that I think is so wonderful about you. Not only that, they have a chance to meet you when you do these shows Mm -hmm. at the Wentworth Gallery. You're going to be here soon, and people are going to get to meet you if they want to and and buy a piece of you, basically, right? (laughs) And talk to you about art, too. Yes, I'll talk a bit at the galleries as well and explain a bit of my technique and just share other things, perhaps, with them so they can understand and have a little more insight into it if they care to. So, yeah, I'd sure like to see people enjoy these pieces. Mickey, was the the series that you do, the the Red Man series, was was that inspired by that Dance of Death series that you were talking about? Absolutely. I have a question that's a little off base. Are you ready? (laughs) Sure. Didn't you, I couldn't find this anywhere when I was kind of trying to re-up everything I know about you. Didn't you do something with the 96 Olympics here in Atlanta? I certainly did. I composed the opening ceremonies. Thank you so um, much, because I was there. I remember that now. Tell me about that. Tell me about it. Hundreds of drummers on the field. It was the first maybe 15 minutes of the uh, opening ceremonies. Yeah, that was that was a kick. 
I was in the crowd for that. I couldn't believe I got tickets to be there, and I was so proud that you were there oh. and had such a big part to do with it. I couldn't remember what oh. part. I can visualize it, though. I can see those women that were up high on the, remember the flowing robes? And, the, and it was yeah. fantastic. What a great thing for you to be asked to be part of. Oh, yeah. They had all those drummers on bungee cords, smacking drums out there, hundreds of them, and all of the little girls as butterflies forming the, uh, was the 100th Olympiad? Yes. The girls did that, and the drummers were part of all of that. It was really exciting doing the uh, opening ceremonies for Olympics. But also, that was that's where the bomber, right? Remember yes, that? Yes, I was at the park right before that happened. We and, left with my family, but so oh, yeah. Everybody was, you know, there was so many dogs and so many police there backstage. You know, I mean, the whole place, the Clinton was there. Yes. Uh, there was so many Secret Service agents me and him couldn't even get together. It was so much. Oh. <laughs> it was, the Secret Service was fighting the Secret Service. It was, I had my own detail. It was quite amazing. <laughs> I was going to say, believe me, Bill Clinton's more bummed that he didn't get to meet you than you are him. <laughs> oh, no. We saw each other. Oh, you did? We saw each other at, right after it. It was me and him and Muhammad Ali. <gasps> did you know Ali was going to light the torch before we all did? Oh, yeah, we were all hoping for him, you know, because he was not, we didn't know if he could even get there. It was just a few feet. And he was, you know, he was a little shaky, but he wanted to do it. It was the right thing. So everybody was just holding their breath. It wasn't like a sure thing. But I, you know, he's a hero from, to me. Yeah. So being, being in a room alone with him, you know, I just said, I love you. <laughs> you know, what am I going to say? I kissed his hand. Oh, uh, wow. Oh, so- God, yeah, man. And, and, Bill Clinton came in there, hugged him, and cried, and cried. Oh my and goodness! Told him he loved him. He told him the story and whispered to him and everything. We, we were just emotional wrecks. Oh my goodness, that's really cool to hear, kind of behind the scenes on that, because it was such a glorious experience for us that were in Atlanta, right? I lived here back then too. It was such a beautiful ceremony. It must have blown your mind to see all these thoughts that you would put together come to life like that. It did. It did. All these people and all the choreography and uh, it was, you know, it was the was the fucking Olympics. You know, what can I say? (laughs) It doesn't get much bigger than that, does it? (laughs) No, that that was a big one. There was about three billion people, (laughs) three billion people uh, listening. And uh, I got calls from all over the world. It was it was it was exciting. It really was. That's very cool. Thank, you. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. I forgot about. Oh, that. you're you're welcome. Well, I remember it, but I just didn't remember the details. So thank you for that, Mickey. Your music is is it still being used in Vegas at the Mirage with the uh, with the volcano yeah. there? Because I mean that that's a pretty big audience that you have there every day too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another one. I do. Uh, I did that. I did that installation in Vegas in front of the uh, Mirage Hotel. It was a vol- the volcano. It was as close to the real thing as you can get. (laughs) About 350 Meyer speakers embedded all around that lagoon. The fire shooting up, the volcano erupting. It was majestic. I mean, that was, and it was loud. It was 111 dB at the street. And, And when I left, I took the key so they can't touch it. Oh, that's good for you, because I've seen and heard that. And it's a pretty cool experience to, to hear your music and watch that thing erupting simultaneously. Actually, it was me and Zakir Hussein and Giovanni Hildago. So the three of us just went after it and they timed the lights and the water, the 
things that shoot up to the drums so they're <laughs> totally in sync. So everything that unfolds for that, I don't know, 15 minutes is all, is all synced to the, totally, absolutely synced to the percussion score. It's quite a thing. From time to time, I, I go up there and just stand in the crowd and listen to it. <laughs> it's Mel- really cool. So does <laughs> Melissa. She loves Las Vegas. She goes all the time. I do, and I, and I do go by there just so I can catch the volcano sometimes. Sometimes when I'm, I'm there, I take the band there. I take them in the bowels of it and show them the incredible equipment and the science that it takes to do something like that, firing all those things simultaneously. It's rocket science, really. It's really, really evolved. So they like to see how it all goes. So I, sometimes I'll take my friends down there underneath. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. Lucky now, people. Yeah, really. And I, so you've also done some research about how music and vibration might help mitigate dementia, too, right? Well, yes. Well, we know that dementia is just they're broken connections to your brain. And that's what happens with dementia. Uh, so how do you fire those neurons again and, and open up those and reconnect? Well, we find that rhythm specifically low-end, very subharmonic or low-end, works in the autistic. It's very difficult. That's a very difficult kind of therapy because the autistic don't like, they don't really like loud sounds Mm. and they don't like sharp sounds. They move away from that. So designing drums that the autistic could become one with was difficult, but we found the drums and they're very large and low and they think of them as heartbeats and they start becoming more involved in life using these large table drums, they're called. Mm -hmm. And they're made by Remo. He makes these table drums for the autistic and for uh, others. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, rhythm therapy is really becoming something because the science now is starting to validate the use of rhythmic stimuli for dementia and for Parkinson's, for all kinds of motor impaired. It reconnects the broken pathways somehow. And some of the people talk, they walk, you know, they do things that they wouldn't normally do, at least while the therapy is is in in progress. So, yeah, drums and drumming are branching out into the field of music therapy that is Mm -hmm. really being validated now by science. And, And that's what I've always tried to stay involved with. That's exciting. That is. No, that's very cool. And then we have to ask you, because you love to come to Atlanta, how <laughs> on earth are you just loving being with Dead & Company and coming back year after year? We love it so much. Yeah. You're just very happy, aren't you, still? Yeah, Atlanta, you know. <laughs> the Grateful Dead, we've had a time in Atlanta. And I'll tell you, <laughs> Dead & Company is taking it up where it left off. We loved Atlanta. We always loved Atlanta. We played it a lot. Oh, I and, remember. And then it's so great that you're still doing it, you know? people. And you yeah. pack the place. And, it's and just, it is a lot. It's still several times a year you guys come back and still sell out Lakewood. It's pretty amazing. It's great. It's a wonderful band. It's really it's a, to be in. People are really nice, you know. Um, of course, Bob and I'm Bill and John, O'Teal and um, Jeff. It's a really great unit. It lives. A living, breathing, musical creature. Every night is different, as always, because we can't remember what we did. (laughs) (laughs) It's easily explained, you know. (laughs) I mean, if you you come up with the great, you know, the right reasons, you can make this kind of music. As always, we don't have good beginnings and endings, and and Bobby will forget the words. That's a given. Um, It just happens. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> it'll never be it'll always be like that 
<clears throat> but it, it's kind of charming in its own way. How great is the new blood? What does that bring to you? I mean, when I think about how long you've been playing, and then you get like John Mayer and Oteil Burbage, we know because he's played with some of our Southern friends here. And actually, how how is Oteil doing since since his brother died a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. He's doing fine. He's, yeah, he's, he's uh, bouncing back and he's ready to play. And, you know, he's got to be into the music now, and so that's what, where he puts his grief. He's healing. John, he's he's doing great. He's really a uh, pleasure to be around. He's very nice, very respectful, and he knows how to play that guitar. <laughs> oh, my gosh, and, yes. And he's getting better and better at this improvisation business. You know, it's hard when you play specific songs a certain way, mm -hmm. but then that's different than Dead and Company. And so he's evolved into some master now at it. He's really, really good. He's really getting better every day. I've heard him talk about being out on the road with you all, and he loves it. For him, it's, you know, a magical thing. And I, he does respect it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's really funny. How, I mean, not funny, but how somebody can love it that much. <laughs> I mean, as almost as much as we love the people who made it. And that's something that's really unique, you know. He's not like a hired hand. He's starting to become one with the music. Ah, there you go. And so that's really a feather in his cap. You know, because this is not, this ain't easy music. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it sounds easy. I wouldn't <laughs> no, know. No, it doesn't sound easy. No, no, no. It, it, it's not <laughs> for anybody who thinks it's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Let you tell us. <laughs> no, I mean it's, it flows out of us because we are we are it. But if you break it down for anybody else coming into you know fifty years of evolution or more, that's daunting. I have to give them credit for even attempting it because it. You know, it's, you're it's right. That takes a lot of guts, yeah. doesn't it? That's right. Yeah, Be because your your fans are also not going to put up with anything right. that's not good. And and to be right. front and center right. too. He, he wouldn't get it from me or Bob or Bill. He'd get it from the fans. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he from the fans first. You know, we would be nicer on him, but the fans would be ruthless. That's right. But no, they love him. They just love him, and they took him took him in. Yeah, he's one of us. We have loved talking and to I you. Said it, I've said more than I thought I'd ever say. So. Well, we are honored, honestly, <laughs> because else to say. we are fans of yours, and there's so much more we could talk to you about, but we're excited you're coming Sunday, March 24th, the Wentworth Gallery at Phipps from 2 to 4. Anything that you want to say to art fans about coming to see you for that? Just bring an open mind and, uh, and enjoy the view. It'll make you feel better, I think. That's Mickey Hart of The Grateful Dead. And again, we always love hearing from you. I'm going to get better about being on our Facebook page. Melissa is the tweeter. And we both uh, we both answer email. We do. So so send us some. Yes. <laughs> the address is two girls talking 11 That's the number two, the number 11, at gmail.com. Or our Facebook page, also twogirlstalking.com. There's lots of places you can find us. That's exactly right. But we'd love to hear from you, hear what you think about what we do. We'll be back with you next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.